It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. Mexico. It's getting really got a really long name for um really? anyway from the uh, cubby in her backyard. Yes, in the backyard. We've got Nicole Halton from Inspired EC. I, I figure that's where the traditional cubby location would be for a for a home-based cubby. Um, it is. I've got a really nice view out one window of the clothesline. That's lovely. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, I've got the dog occasionally coming to the window on the other side. The That's children cool. are really, really quiet, so I'm not real sure what's going on there. Something, but something's up. Hey, listeners, a, a a cubby house. If you're if you're in the U.S., that's a that's a playhouse. We call it a playhouse. That's what it is, a playhouse. Um. So Nicole, before we're getting to get into a topic, I, I had I had an experience, and we want to talk about that. But I had another experience. So before we before we got to move into the snuggery, where we at our, our at our last uh, beach rental place, and it was close to a hospital. And uh, so I take the dogs by on a loop that involved walking by the hospital. And and uh, one morning I noticed uh, at the the back end of the hospital where the hospital loading dock is a giant truck unloading just pallet after pallet of Coca-Cola products, just pallet after pallet of soft drinks into into the hospital. Um, and that made me, I, I, and, and look, I've seen this kind of thing. I mean, I've seen the, the, the machines in, in schools and those kind of locations. And, and look, if we, if we've got kids that are, that are fighting weight problems and dealing with type two diabetes, um, Mm -hmm. at, at very, very early ages and everything, why are we, why are we shoving soda machines into, into their schools? But what the fuck with soda machines in hospitals? Is that a is that a thing it's in a, Australia? Okay, so in schools, it's not typically a thing. Um, when I went to school, I can't even remember whether we had soft drink. I know we had like junk food. Um, we had like you know your chips and pies and you know like all the hot dogs and you know the high sugar, high fat kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but I don't know that we had soft drink. I think we might have, but. Um, but schools here don't typically have soft drink. Um, they, most schools here have like a whole traffic light system of things they're allowed to have and whatever. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that they're not allowed to have anything that's really high in sugar or fat or whatever. I occasionally volunteer in my kid's school canteen. And so it's, um, like kinder to year 12. So children five to 18 virtually. And 
they're not allowed to have like there's no soft drinks there's flavored milk um and there's juice but other than that that's about it so it's not really a big thing here there's no vending machines like we don't do chocolate vending machines or anything like that um in schools even chips we don't really have packets of chips much like it's not that kind of stuff hospitals different kettle of fish there is vending machines in every hallway with chips chocolate soft drink um there's like cafeteria kind of things with you know hot chips soft drink like you name it you can get it there kind of thing all the stuff that might induce a heart attack so I suppose you're in the right place if that happens yeah and and I okay and the food's always awful but I feel like they should be encouraging and it's one of those things that I always think about like even airports and any kind of public place really you go to those sorts of places and all that's on offer is crap like it's stuff that's yeah. bad for you and you know it's the same as at the hospitals you go if you're there waiting for someone or whatever and you're stuck and here's the food that I have that's my choices my choices are deep fried and you know like or a three-day-old egg and lettuce sandwich or something <laughs> like it's, they're not good options there's not good options and I think if we're serious about supporting people's health which I actually don't know that our governments are as serious as they like to make out they are because it's not really in their best interests um then yeah i think that needs to change uh, may i was i was keeping an eye on because we our walks are at the beginning I, I mean apparently we always took walks at uh, hospital shift changes but uh staff going in and out um looked like they've been eating a lot of the junk food that the yeah. the uh coca-cola and and just chain smoking too and i'm thinking well, and because it's there the junk food yeah, because it's yeah there and yeah and, and they're and they're stressed yeah, yeah and and they're stressed and they're looking for that comfort food kind of thing and and so um I, just another reason i'm gonna i'm gonna try to stay out of hospitals um but the 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 upside of uh of hanging out close to the hospital for a couple of weeks is that uh that slinky one of the pups he he's he he has cancer um shortly after we got him he had like a a little cancery thing on his nose and the and the vet was like oh yeah he's part boxer he's gonna he's gonna fill up with can with uh with tumors and wow. that's probably how he's gonna die because wow. it apparently is a boxer thing and uh, he, had, he had a little thing growing under his ear that uh was kind of like the the thing on his nose but the vet had said you know we can take them off but they're just going to keep coming back so um but then then it disappeared and now there's no sign of it but slinky likes to eat uh eat eat garbage and so i think i think slinky found enough medical waste around the hospital that it cured his dog cancer maybe um maybe so i mean i'm going to keep an eye on it but uh it uh it seems look I'm 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 not a I'm not a cancer <laughs> not doctor, a doctor. Uh, but but I I did observe this tumor thing in my dog's ear go away so uh <laughs> so there's that so listeners stay tuned we'll find out if it comes back um now let's get into into our actual topic um got to get your thoughts on this so uh I had to go to the bank and do some banking that couldn't be done apparently online <clears throat> or through an app or something. That's not my favorite You actually thing. had to engage with real people. Uh, yeah, I, I had to engage with <laughs> real people in a bank. Um, and so 
I, I did that and I, you know, I got a, a job. Okay. I need to talk to blah, blah, blah. Okay. Wait over there. And I wait and I talk to a couple of nice old ladies and, and I, I put on the polite, pleasant Jeff facade and, uh, <laughs> and uh, then the, uh, the young woman who's going to be helping me comes out and we go in and, and she's just delightful, except she's just new at this job. And, and uh, I, I'm opening a, a business account down here where we've moved so I can close the one back home. And I had to wait till we had an actual real address before I could do it. But anyway, we're doing that and she's just new at the job. So this is the first account business account that she's opened. And, and so she's, she's a little bit flustered and, and while we're working our way through the computer, we're talking and everything. And, and she just wants to, you know, at least know the business name. And I'm like, explorations, early learning. And she's like, what do you do? And I, I said, you know, I, I mostly, I talk to women on the internet for money and, uh, <laughs> And she's like, okay, I and, think uh, we can have that. Yeah, and she she looks at me, and then I then I kind of explain, and and she talks to me about how how her her stepdaughter, who's a little bit older now, when she was little, almost got kicked out of preschool because uh, because she couldn't stay still. <gasps> and and then we talk a little bit more about that, and I'm like, yeah, you know. A lot of programs struggle with that. They don't understand how much kids need to move and that kind of thing. And 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 then we go on and about five minutes later, she says, you know, I need to have you talk to so-and-so and so-and-so. And she calls in two other bank employees and and explains what I do. And, and once, oh, because her son had just got kicked out of preschool the week before for, for she says she, he, he, he was constantly in trouble for moving is the way she described it. And uh, the other one had had a son a few years ago. They got kicked out of a different preschool for, for she, she termed it for being a boy is the way she phrased it. Um, and so this is, this is three different preschools in, in my very, you know, in the general area of my new community. I mean, there's kind of a lot of little small towns around, but, um, and, and I ended up doing 20 minutes um, on like a, a free consultancy visit. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I did a I did a presentation in the in the in the banker's office about the importance of play <laughs> and movement and early learning. Um, it, kind of an impromptu thing, and uh, and I, I thought we we could. Are we? Is our our program? Look, I haven't worked in a program on a daily basis for a long time now. Um, is this? Is this a thing that you're seeing over in Australia too, or are kids getting in trouble for moving or? I like to think, I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm a bit idealistic and I like to think that, oh, it's not that bad anymore. And, you know, people have definitely caught on. And, but sometimes I think that's maybe just because I acquaint myself with people who've caught on, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's, I spend a lot of time with, you know, really high quality services who, are interested in continual learning and growth and want to be better and do more and do better and they'll invest. And so they're the people that come to us and the ones who are the warm bodies and don't really understand about child development and probably need our help more than anything. Often they're in services where, you know, the owner or management or whatever isn't prepared to invest the money. Um, And that's how they've ended up there because, they're the bottom of the barrel you know like that's what they've got they've attracted the bottom of the barrel and they are the bottom of the barrel um and they're the ones who probably need more help and are doing those sorts of things like I think there's there's definitely an element of that still you know of that 
not understanding well, it's not understanding basic child development and I think I mean some of it's going to come about with age and experience like I I know when I first started in early childhood I was you know 18 I didn't have my own children I'd done a very very small amount of study and I was still studying at the time but I was then working casually in a service and all I had was my very small amount of life experience my understanding of society's view of children and my I suppose that picture that traditional picture of what preschool should be you know and it was sitting down making the colored pasta necklaces and the bubble blowing art and you know playing outside in the sandpit and then coming together and sitting down with your legs crossed and listening to a story and you know it was all very kind of and it took me back to my own preschool you know that was what it was like it was very very much those expectations and it's funny because you know over time the more you learn about children and what their bodies just even from a physiological point of view what bodies need to do and not just children's bodies but human bodies you know I sat in the car yesterday for four hours or nearly five hours you know traveling between training sessions and I was sitting in a set of traffic lights I was almost home and I just happened to arch my back and I'm like oh my gosh I didn't realize my body needed that like far out I've sat still for so long and so then I'm like at every traffic light after that I'm like big stretching because I'm like my body really needs that it has sat in the same position for so long and now it's really uncomfortable and then you know I I got out of the car and I'm like all I want to do now is lay on the grass and you know like I just had all these needs to you know move my body in a different way because it's like I've been sat in this one position but I think we don't there's not enough enough emphasis early on for educators like when they're first starting out there's not enough emphasis on that basic understanding of you know it's a lot of the stuff that Angela Hanscom talks about in Balanced and Barefoot you know it's that that importance of movement for the entire functioning of our body you know and it's people don't understand that and even now like I've you know been aware of Angela's work for a lot of years now and that was the that was the even though there was other things that probably pointed to some of that information beforehand that was the accessible attainable information that I could understand that got me really you know to make sense of that and go okay so that's why children need that you know that movement and that's why children who don't have that have these you know challenges or whatever and I think you know that sort of stuff should be core information that all educators are given straight off the bat you know that that, that should be what parents are given straight off the bat you know most parents don't understand hey your child needs to move you know there's there's that just lack of understanding and the whole boy thing you know just for being a boy like that one cracks me up because it's like you know there is there is definitely a still a belief I think among a lot of people that you know boys are too much you know like they're they're too much they're too loud too rough too you know like there's still that belief that they need to rein it in a little bit and it's like actually no it's what they need you know they need to get all that energy out anyway I've just ranted for a really long time there well I I made notes (laughs) one uh new business idea okay living other than than the hook and eye patch and um yeah (laughs) yeah in addition to that um living 
car seat covers. So you can you can buy, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, Jeff, Jeff's car seat emporium, car seat mm -hmm. cover emporium. Okay, so, so imagine a car seat cover made of moss, living moss Ooh, that you can so sit on. Uh, yeah, what? and so you're yeah. sitting there, you're snuggling down like in the moss and or 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 just just. <laughs> what you said at first, moths, like, not you know. moths, moss. Although moths, featuring like all these the, little fluttering moths. Oh, somehow. oh, sure. Okay, that that could totally be one too. Okay, so there's going to be multiple designs. There will be moss, the nice green moss stuff, and um, and moths. Um, you, it, it'll be, it'll be the massage version, the, the little wings <laughs> fluttering, massaging your, your muscles. That'll be great. Um, what else could there be? There could be, um, there just, just lawn. Um, Even like a, it, it's not quite the same because it'd have to be in something, but like water filled. So you had that movement of the water, like you'd sort of, and they do actually, I know, um, at my kid's school, they have like these chairs that do move like that. Like they are sure. soft so for the children yeah. who really need to move. They've got that and they can sort of wriggle on the chair the whole time. Well, I, I was, we could come up with some waterfall version where the water you're, you're sitting, you're actually, your, your buttocks is in a basin of water, but there's a pump that's recirculating up and it's kind of water yep. falling down your shoulders. You might, I mean, you'd have to drive to your you appointment in a swimsuit, um, <laughs> but uh, it'd be very refreshing. So, so listen, look, listeners, that's another business idea. I'm not going to have time for, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to run with it, um, I'm just asking, just uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, two and a half percent. <laughs> Oh, 10, 10. Oh. I'm happy with, I'm happy. Look, I'm throwing so many of these out there. They're all just going to be, uh, um, anyway, two and a half percent is all I'm asking for listeners. Make it happen. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah. Okay. Um, so I made that note, um, balance and barefoot, Angela Hanscom. I'll do my best to put, uh, a link in the show notes, but listeners, if you haven't read the book, you should read the book because, uh, Angela is a pediatric occupational therapist and the book is a very clear, uh, very clearly written. It's written um, for anybody. Anybody could read that book. Like you don't have to be an educator. You don't have to be an occupational therapist. You like it, parents can read that book. Entry level educators can read that book. Like it's yeah, such it, an easy read. And it, it, it's a full throated um, declaration of how much kids need to move and how active they need to be in their lives. And if you're a parent and uh, the kids in your child's program aren't moving enough and the kids are getting in trouble for for not being still there's a lot of uh yeah yeah you could gift it to the program director maybe um no there's there's a lot of ammunition in there for when you go to make your case to to staff um i gifted I, it to our kids school because we actually had an incident last year where um the all of the boys in my son's year were banned from the sports courts because there was a lot of rough and tumble play happening and they actually got like children were getting hurt so they were taking it a little too far these are 12 year old boys they were taking it a bit too far but it was a blanket ban for two weeks no boys allowed on the sports courts and I'm like um no like for one my kid hangs out with the girls he doesn't want to you know they he plays netball on the courts with the girls so yes he plays on the sports courts but he's not with the the giant group of boys that's you know having this rough and tumble those ruffians but, uh wait but, but, yeah, time out for, time out for a second um is what's the name of that sport um really popular in australia um rugby rugby, rugby league rugby union 
yeah, yeah was we, rugby, we got, we got rugby a lot of thing. And, rugby, and these, rugby union and rugby league are both pretty rough. These these twelve year old boys get in trouble for being too rough in a country that yeah. is basically yeah, sponsored by rugby yeah. and yeah. okay. That must have been um, very so, rough. Yeah. And I actually reached out to the vice principal and said, Look, I'm concerned about this. I said, because, you know, X, Y, and Z kind of went ill into it. And he came back to his credit. He came back and he's like, oh, it's a really difficult situation. You know, we tried to find out which children were particularly involved in this incident. It was really hard. There was a lot of no, yes, no, yes. And so we made a blanket ban. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get what you're doing, but have you ever stopped and thought about why these children are engaged in this rough and tumble play? It's like they actually need to move. And so I kind of explained about the book and I said, look, I'm more than happy to gift the school with a copy of the book and to his credit he came back he's like I'm really interested to read more about that and whatever so I'm like hopefully that leads to a little bit of change um but I and I do think it's you know I've had quite a few people like we stock the book so if you're in Australia you know get the book on our website um we stock it and we've had quite a number of people who purchase it to give to their child's school teacher or to give to an early childhood service and whatever and I think it's a nice you know it's a nice gift because I think until people read it they don't quite understand the the essentialism behind getting moving you know being physical yeah and And, I mean listeners just just one of the reasons for for the need for all that motion we've talked about it um and you know like the last hundred episodes that's come up but uh that 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 wiring of the sensory systems is all dependent on the body being in motion and when kids aren't in motion in those early years their sensory systems are not being wired the way you would want them to be um when they are heading off to school so all being up and moving is the the primary school readiness activity uh preschoolers should be involved in yeah absolutely and i, I it's so frustrating for me when children aren't given enough opportunity to move like you know i just, i don't know movement solves so many problems like yeah. you know problems but like it or it prevents so many challenges and you know it's like if the child's running around the classroom then I'd say they need to run around like if the child's rolling rolling around on the floor chances are they need to move their body in that way like most of the time it's just instinctive movement and I don't know as adults I think we actually I think part of the problem is we forget that we need that movement too like if you I mean if you're a physically active kind of person you probably are well aware of what your body needs but I don't know sometimes I think until you you know if you haven't been swimming for a while we went to the beach on the weekend and I got in the ocean and was kind of swimming and whatever and I'm like oh it's such a different movement you know your body Mm -hmm. needs to do different things and you're in a different position and you know you feel it in different places and whatever and it's like I forgot that I need to move like that or that that feels you know, good for my well-being when I move like that or, you know, and I think if we as adults forget it and we know that we're becoming more sedentary in our lifestyles and I think if we're forgetting it for ourselves, it's very easy to then overlook it for children and see that it's important for children. Stuff is falling out of the cubby. (laughs) I just got distracted by things falling from the loft. That's that's not great. Are you having an earthquake? Is it okay? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, the girls had all these like blankets and stuff like hooked up on the side of the box <laughs> and it was like creating like this little cozy space that they just started to fall down on me. 
Anyway. Nicole, do you, would your would your son be interested in being a distributor for my uh, for my hook eye patch and peg leg business? Um, maybe some of those ruffian classmates of his are in need of hooks, Indeed. eye patches, or or peg legs from their from their ruffian play on the on the sports courts. They could be in need of that, and he would definitely be up for that. He's pestering me to get a job already, so he'd be up ah. for that. Well, well, if he if he if he. Have him check and see if there's any one-handed, one-legged, or one-eyed classmates that might be might be interested. We, we, can we need to up. take care of the imports, but you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, we, I mean, we can figure out manufacturing over Australia, there. Australia, we don't do manufacturing here anymore. We'll <laughs> get outsourced. I might before we wrap this up. I want to talk about just the mindset of the poor parents. Yeah. That have kids coming home all and and look one of one of the one of these women was she was explaining to me that that she was just terrified every day to show up to pick her kid up waiting for yeah. the bad report. Yeah. Um, we talked because, about that in a training session yeah. yesterday. Like that feeling that families have when they know they're getting oh your child did this today or you know like there, there's that trepidation and one of the educators in this session was saying a friend of hers said she used to sit in the car and like kind of mentally arm herself like okay you can do this you can go in it'll be fine you know he'll be okay and he's still a great kid and you love him and you know all she used to tell herself all these things before she walked in the door because she knew that when she got in there it was going to be oh you know Harrison wouldn't listen today and like that was what was coming and I think that's so hard to hear for parents and to be told that your child can't come here anymore I think in my you know 20 years of being in early childhood I don't think I've ever asked a child not to attend a service um we've had a lot of conversations about how they attend and what support they might need to attend and what days are good for them to attend and you know there's been lots of you know troubleshooting but it's never just been sorry it's too hard you know I used to be the service my service was the one that got all the kids that were from the too hard basket the ones mm -hmm. who'd been kicked out of other services all ended up with us which meant for a whole lot of fun um but you know those were children who their parents come to us and said oh we, we got asked to leave the other service and it's like that shouldn't happen you know it's, yeah. it, I feel like there's there should be very little reason why that should happen and being moving and being a boy, <laughs> like that's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, programs. If if parents are terrified to hear the report they're going to get uh, their child at the end of the day because their child is getting in trouble for for moving, or if you're having a lot of problems with kids not sitting still, uh, may maybe it's time to think about revising. Yes. advising how your how your, your day is spent and what your expectations are for those children um because those kids do need to move uh before we wrap this up i've got another relay I, I heard another story about a kid getting kicked out of a program but this wasn't for moving um this was tell me what did you do the, do in this situation i don't i don't i okay so um young man was kicked out of a preschool three-year-old four-year-old kicked out of preschool because um, the program that the school had a, a, a holiday, a Christmas program. And well, a child was performing, doing a song, I don't know, doing something this. Okay. So the child guy got kicked out. Parents are in the process of getting divorced. Dad listens to a lot of um, music that contains um, very explicit 
lyrics, including the most explicit of all explicit words. Now, I don't know if this word is explicit in Australia, but it starts. We with have a lot N. of explicit words. Yeah, this one starts with an N, and uh, you're you're really look. I I I can't. It it it's. I think it's illegal um for for me to say that now if you happen to be an entertainer and you're producing music you can apparently use it um but if you happen to be somebody that listens to that music and sings the lyrics you can get in trouble it's very confusing um but you probably know what the word is right and and so this kid um has to go to his his dad's they've they're they're still trying to work out custody mom doesn't think dad should have custody the kids don't think dad should have cut but anyway um the kids are exposed to this music in dad's presence and so during the christmas program when there's singing going on when a a a child who was not caucasian was performing this child who got kicked out, who was Caucasian, um, blurted out some song lyrics in the middle of the program and was then kicked out of the preschool. Oh, that's just, uh, look, yes, it's inappropriate. Yes, we need to deal with it. But that's just not how you're dealing with it. How, what does that teach anybody? It doesn't teach the child anything. It doesn't, like, who, who does that benefit? I mean, I, I, I guess the uh, the director of the program who doesn't have to deal. I, I mean, just didn't want to deal yeah. with it. It's like, I yeah. don't want to do this. I need to make it go away. And I think that's the problem. And that's what happens when children get kicked out of programs is we just need to make this stop. That's yeah. pretty yeah. much the mindset. We can't deal with this. We just need to make it stop. And I think, unfortunately, when we're dealing with whether it's a situation like that or, you know, situations I've been in where we've had really violent behaviour um, from children, and I'm talking, you know, a child who threatened to um, slice a staff member open and set them on fire um, to that staff member, like that's violent, that's explicitly violent, that's, you know, horrific. But the solution of, well, you can't come here anymore, how does that help that child? How does yeah. it help the child? How does it help the family? How does it, it doesn't solve the problem. It just makes the problem go away and it's not my problem anymore. It becomes somebody else's problem. And that's, as I say, that's what happened with our service. We became the place where we were taking on everybody else's problem they didn't want to deal with. And, yeah, and you know, unfortunately, taking, dealing with those problems takes time. It's not a quick yeah. fix. And I mean, this kid, there was no, there was no malice in his heart. He's repeating song yeah. lyrics. He does, um, probably doesn't even understand. Like, oh, sure, sure. And it, it, it it's so difficult because look, programs, you got to understand that kids bring into your programs what they experience in the real world. And if they experience the violent, <laughs> yeah, if yeah. they experience violent video games and, and, uh, and movies that have weapons in them, there's going to be weapons play in your program. And if they are exposed to explicit song lyrics, uh, they're going to repeat those. They're likely to repeat those song lyrics in your, in your program, not, not with any malicious this but just because it's in their head and it's going to come out in their actions and and being able to understand that and and talk that through with people uh, i i would hope would be a, a more thoughtful way of way of handling yeah. things but apparently Absolutely. it's not always the easiest right. and and look i can see why 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 other people 
hearing that would be upset. I totally, I totally get that, but it intention should play some role in how we deal with these things. Shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Intention and age of understanding and all sure. Hey listeners, if you, uh, have any thoughts on when kids should or shouldn't be kicked out of preschool about uh, what to do when kids start singing song lyrics that you maybe don't want them to in your classroom or or anything else. Look, if you need a pirate hook, um, reach out. Or if you've got an idea for a moving car seat. Oh yeah, if you got an idea for a living a, a living a live car seat to bring a little bit of the outside into your motor vehicle, uh, <laughs> reach out via voice or text to 228-363-6737. This has been the Child Care Barn Girl Podcast. You can find more Nicole at inspiredec.com. You can find more of me, I don't know why you'd want to, at explorationsearlylearning.com or playvolutionhq.com. Back soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Boom. Made another episode. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.